Hello, my name is Rebecca May Johnson. I'm a writer and cook, and this is the first issue of my Substack. Each week, I will send out a short piece of writing, recipes, and notes of what I've been eating at home and elsewhere. A meal is a composition. I'm interested in the meal as a composition and meal making as a compositional practice. A meal is more than a dish. It is also the period of time during which eating takes place and the sequence and arrangement of things eaten. Eating a meal is an interruption to work through which I can taste fragments of utopia in tangible form. One of my favourite expressions of the meal as composition is a passage by Ursula K. Le Guin from the fifth book in her Earthsea series. A host makes a visiting stranger something to eat. The stranger followed him and did what he was told. He sat down on a wooden bench in the shade of the gnarled tree nearest the house. He accepted the plums now rinsed and served in a wicker basket. He ate one, then another, then a third. Questioned, he admitted that he had eaten nothing that day. He sat while the master of the house went into it, coming out presently with bread and cheese and half an onion. The guest ate the bread and cheese and onion and drank the cup of cold water his host had brought him. The host ate plums to keep him company. Le Guin slows down her narrative to the pace of eating. The reader, the reader makes their way through one plum, then another, then a third, and we feel how much each plum is needed. It is a hot day, and Le Guin takes care to note that the water is cold. And it is not only bread and cheese that the host provides, but bread and cheese and half an onion. The onion gives the meal a kind of beguiling poetic energy. The combination becomes more than its parts. The fresh addictive heat of onion and the uncanny way that cheese can be both creamy and nutty and sharp and salty, two powerful forces are held in relation by the reassurance of bread. The meal signals to the visiting stranger that although his host, formerly a wizard, has given up his supernatural skills, his attentiveness to that which lies before him can bring about potent transformations. Magic must not only be elsewhere, it can also be here. I have tasted an echo of Le Guin's meal in a pub that serves hot buttered rolls in baskets as its primary food offering. When I eat there, I have a white roll. You can choose between white and brown. With a thick wedge of sharp mature cheddar and half an onion. The basket also contains a knife, a jar of chutney, should I wish to have some, and napkins. It is up to me to bring these things together, to experiment with the ratios of onion and cheese at my pleasure. It is in this spirit that I begin this newsletter, to document and reflect on what has been brought together in the form of a meal. 
Each week I will send a short piece of writing, a meal's worth of recipes, and share notes and pictures on what I have been eating at home and elsewhere. Potatoes and carrots. Yesterday, Sam said he wanted, desperately, to eat potato. He described the kind of thing, with cream, onion, baked maybe, a green salad on the side. I said yes, a nice acidic salad, thinking of the contrast with the potato. Then he said, not necessarily that acidic. We went into town to pick up some recycling bins from the library as ours blew away in strong winds. There was nowhere to park because it was market day, so I let Sam out of the car outside the library to ask about recycling boxes and drove along the seafront to find a space. I remembered I had some cash with me and could buy potatoes at the market while we were there. I hoped that I did not see my allotment neighbour at the market. I would have to explain why I had not been to the plot for four months. As I walked back along the seafront, I saw two men talking to each other in a block of flats for elderly people. One man leaned out of the top floor window, three stories up, to speak to the other who sat in the sun outside his ground floor flat. The market stall had different types of potato, small, round, new-looking ones with that young flaky skin and large oval red-skinned ones. The vegetable man said, the new potatoes you should just boil and have as is. The large red-skinned ones are good for roasting, mashing, baking or frying. Lovely. We bought some of both, a bunch of carrots and spring onions. The market stall did not have any lettuce that I wanted. Sam had requested a salad, but we had no lettuce or chicory, so I made use of the carrots in a meal of potatoes, dauphinoise and carrot salad. I have recently discovered the effectiveness of a julienne peeler I received a while ago as a Christmas present. It makes beautiful long tendrils. I grated the carrot with it and slowly to toasted chopped walnuts to mix in. I keep walnuts, and nuts in general, in the fridge to stop them from going off. Toasting nuts is a task that, when you do it for the first time, feels astonishingly easy and effective. So delicious. But it's also one task that one can quickly become careless about. I have often had the dissatisfaction of eating a mixture of under-toasted and burnt nuts, losing all the deep roasted beauty achieved when I pay attention. We ate everything, alternating between plates of potato and servings of carrot salad. We drank the remains of a Gewurztramina wine we had begun the day before. There was no meat or fish or cheese. It was a study in potato, which was given greater focus thanks to the carrot salad. I'll now read out the recipes. Potato dauphinoise for two or three as a main or four to five people as a side. Five large potatoes, peeled and sliced two to three millimetres thick. Ideally using a mandolin for ease. Around three to four hundred mils of double cream. Around two hundred mils of whole milk. 
I'll give instructions about how to adjust the quantities in the instructions. Two to three garlic cloves, peeled and thinly sliced. Unsalted butter to butter the dish and to put in between the layers of potato. Salt and pepper. How to make. Preheat the oven to 200 degrees Celsius or 180 degrees Celsius fan oven. Prepare the ingredients. Peel and slice the potatoes. Peel and slice the garlic. Butter a baking dish that can accommodate all the potatoes as layers two to three inches deep. Arrange a layer of sliced potatoes on the base of the dish. Don't worry at all if it's messy and a bit uneven. Put dots of butter, a grind of black pepper, a pinch of salt and a few slices of garlic across the layer of potatoes. Then cover with another layer of potatoes and repeat the process with the salt, pepper, garlic and butter. Continue until you have finished all the potato. Do not put garlic on the top layer, it will burn in the oven. Then pour in enough double cream and then top up with milk until the liquid comes through the top layer of potatoes, which should just be just beginning to be submerged. Put the dish in the oven. Check after half an hour and if any potatoes are not submerged, press them down with the back of a spoon into the cream. If needed, pour in a little extra cream or milk to cover. After 40-ish minutes, or when the top is golden brown, cover the dish with foil and continue cooking until the potato is tender all the way through. Around an hour or a little more, depending on how deeply the potato is layered. Check if it's cooked by sticking a sharp knife in. It should slide easily in and out. Allow to rest for 15 minutes before serving. While the potato is cooking, make the carrot salad. Carrot and walnut salad. Ingredients. A small bunch of firm carrots, peeled. Three to four tablespoons of walnuts, roughly chopped. Olive oil, caster sugar. Half a tablespoon of white or red wine vinegar. Salt and pepper. How to make. Peel the carrots and then grate them with the thick side of a grater or a julienne peeler or whatever you use. Slowly toast the roughly chopped walnuts in a dry pan on a low-medium heat, turning regularly with a wooden spoon to ensure they don't catch and that they roast evenly. When they're golden brown toasted all over, take them off the heat and empty into a small bowl to stop cooking. With a fork, whisk up the dressing ingredients in a cup, two tablespoons of olive oil, half a tablespoon of red or white wine vinegar, a pinch of sugar, a pinch of salt, and some freshly ground black pepper. Shortly before you're going to eat, choose a bowl or plate for the salad, put the carrots and walnut on it, and pour the dressing over, and toss until well coated. And finally, a few notes on what I've eaten recently. A salad of sliced, still firm Sharon fruit, with shaved parmesan, parsley, chilli flakes, olive oil and salt. Bitter chicoria from the allotment, which is like long, a young dandelion leaf, quite bitter. 
washed thoroughly in cold water and then fried with sliced garlic two dry and two dried chilies and lots of olive oil, then tossed with some cooked pasta and half a ladle of pasta cooking water to make it a little emulsified and coat the pasta. A pick and mix lunch of Japanese sushi rice served with served hot with butter, mushrooms cooked with miso, ginger and garlic, smoked Japanese sausages cut and tossed in a hot dry pan until they look like octopuses, hard boiled eggs served with kupi mayonnaise mixed with gochujang, wakame seaweed salad dressed with rice vinegar and a little soy sauce and cucumber pickles from a jar on the side. A breakfast tray taken up to bed with a pot of coffee and two cups with brown pita breads from the freezer toasted and filled with butter, fried egg, emmental cheese, slice and chilli sauce and two small glass ramekins with cold rice pudding flavoured with orange zest and cinnamon and a spoon of raspberry jam. Finally, a small bowl of salted crisps and a drink of Campari mixed with tonic water and ice. Thank you very much and speak to you again next week.